0: Oh yeah, I'm already planning to. Uh, I'm gonna step out of my house with Beyonce playing at my back. Uh, <laughs> nobody's safe. It's that's it. I'm hoping I'm wake. I either want telekinesis. Um, I want to be like I want super strength. I don't know. I need something that allows me to cause ultimate destruction with the least amount of. Con- wow, I'm in the
1: same thing. Yo, 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 this is KTSC Avenue, uh, dropping today uh, with a uh, new episode for the preview of the NBA season. Um, As always, we have um, Mr. Marcus Sniffles and Rev Ryan. How y'all niggas doing today? NBA season is amongst us. We got the Christmas going on uh, later on in the week, so you guys know we're probably gonna have some big games popping early y'all go ahead and lace us with your thoughts on everything
2: I'm just I'm just here praying for peace uh I'm trying to bring my heart rate down because I'm still a little high off the Colts win today another nail biter uh it's very strange having a uh, Colts team that has an elite defense as opposed to having an elite offense but other than that I am As the day gets closer, I find myself being a little bit more excited for the NBA season than I was a few months ago.
1: Okay. What about yourself, Mrs. Ryan? How are you feeling today?
0: You know, I'm out here. I tried to watch Tenet again. We don't know what's going on. But regarding uh, NBA things, I think I'm excited for this season. Um, I just – I'm trying not to get my hopes too far up because I know that a lot of these guys, uh, I, I kind of feel like we're going to see a lot of injuries between now and, you know, February. We're going to see a lot of guys kind of hit the deck and sit on the bench because, I don't know, it just seems uh, a bit too soon for some some teams that just stopped playing in October and now they're back. Um, and then for those guys that haven't played since, what, June uh, March? To, and now they're back and so i don't know I, I foresee a lot of injuries in between you know now and the top of february
2: i foresee a lot of uh load management games i was
1: thinking that too but go ahead DNP,
2: DNP, rest DNP, nba bubble dmp we just played three weeks ago like nah bro i ain't playing today i'm i'm sitting this one out like
0: i think a lot like i think a lot of guys like lebron well Absolutely, be sitting a lot more often than normal. Um, but then you'll have guys like Steph, who haven't seen the court in months, who's like revving to go and is ready to play. Guys like KD and Kyrie, who haven't played in months and are ready to go and get you know their legs back under them and get back in game shape. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of those guys, but you won't see a ton of the guys who just got playing, um, you know, eight weeks ago.
1: So okay, the way we'll go ahead and kick this episode off. Um, And I'm just assuming the topics are in order. So what are you guys' thoughts? We'll start with you, Mr. Sniffles. Give me your NBA Finals predictions, barring significant injuries.
2: Yes, the way too early NBA Finals predictions. Uh, I have have two. Um, The Western Conference is going to be the Lakers either way. There's the... There's the NBA Finals that I want to see happen, and that's the uh, Miami Heat repeating as Easter Conference Final or Easter Conference Championships. That's the the NBA Finals I want to see. I want to see a rematch. I want to see what uh, Tyler Hero can do with his second year. I'd like to see uh, what Duncan Robinson can do, what a a healthy Goran Dragic and Bam, Uh, see what Jimmy can do again. You know, maybe if we get James Harden, that'd be nice to see too. But uh, the NBA Finals that I think we're going to get and that I think everybody wants is the Lakers versus the Nets. That's that's the Finals that everybody wants to see. There are a lot of storylines that would go with that, and the NBA is pretty big on storylines. You know, LeBron has – he'll be going for his fifth ring, second as a Laker, repeat, tying Kobe Bryant with five rings, uh, you have Kevin Durant coming back from injury. You have the Kevin Durant versus LeBron storyline. You have the Kyrie Irving versus LeBron James storyline. Uh, you have the somewhat, you know, redemption tale for Kevin Durant because he was like a villain, and then we missed him when he got hurt, and then you know he's tired of being second place. I mean, Katie, I think when all when it's all said and done, Kevin Durant is LeBron's rival like, legit rival. Like, I don't think... Like, it's it's not Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is not on that level. It's not Carmelo Anthony because LeBron smacks Carmelo whenever he gets in the playoffs and he rarely does. So I think there's a lot of things I could go. You got two major cities in Brooklyn and Los Angeles. So I think that's the finals that everybody wants.
0: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, I, I don't see there being any resistance to the Lakers repeating out West. Um... Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't see a ton of like I'm not saying they're going to just like steamroll the west, but I don't see anything that's like majorly stopping them from getting back out west. Um and then out east, I do think that Miami has potential to repeat, go back to the finals. I think the Nets are obviously the story that'll be like Marcus said the most interesting. Um we finally that'll give us a chance to see does Kyrie need LeBron? Does And of of course you'll get your fair amount of jokes of how Kevin Durant can't win a championship on his own, but can anybody win a championship on their own? So whatever.
2: Wait, no. No, 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 no. Not with that. Not with Kyrie. That's can we can we not do that? It's not like (laughs) people aren't gonna do you think people are gonna do that? They're gonna be like Kevin Durant needed Kyrie to win a championship? Like Kyrie is not that guy.
0: There are nothing but 18-year-olds in NBA Twitter. Of course they're going to do that. (laughs) Is it going to be the right thing to do? No. But is it going to be the fun thing to do for NBA Twitter? Absolutely. (laughs) That's all you're going to hear, especially if they once I'm not even going to say if. Once they start to move through. Honestly, we do this every year. There's not a ton of resistance out east. Like Everybody looks cool until it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty, and then there's the same four teams that rise to the top. Um, and we just like you—you know, you can't count out the Raptors. You'll probably see the Nets. Um, you'll see the Celtics go in and out of looking nice. Um, It'll—we'll follow the Bucks until they inevitably inevitably crumble. Um, for some reason, people think the Widgets are going to be good. They'll be eventually disappointed. Um, the Hornets will be a cute young team, but they're not going to do much. Neither will the the Cavaliers, the Magic, the Pistons, the Hawks, the Knicks, or the Bulls. So, you—you—you <laughs> you, you pretty much know what's going to happen. And. I feel like the Nets will rise to the top, and then we'll start to get the, can Kyrie do it on his own? Oh, no, he needed Kevin Durant. Can KD do it on his own? Oh, no, he needed Kyrie. And then you'll get the intermingling of their stories with LeBron, and it'll turn into something that it's completely not supposed to be. So,
1: I'm going to take this to the left with my prediction. I think a good NBA matchup that we want to see, that we may not know we want to see yet, is going to be the battle for 18. And I think we want to see Tatum get to that next level and be the next young superstar, especially under 25. I want to see him take that next step. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Boston and the Lakers. I think for you, you know, I would
0: love to see that. Yes. But I also have to speak. So thank you. I have
1: to be realistic and say, no. <laughs> they have the skill set to do it. The only thing that they're waiting for, they need Brown and Tatum to take that next step. I mean, they got out of this Hayward situation because I don't know why the hell they paid them all that money. Uh, They got some nice young pieces. They could do it. This could be the year that they go over the top. The East definitely is not – they don't have a team that's just unbeatable. I mean, my, Miami's good. They're a really scrappy team. I do think that they – one under some unique circumstances i don't i don't know if they'll get back to the finals i think they can make the conference finals again but i'm not sure if they can make it back to the finals and i think it's kind of wide open i mean it out of the bucks the heat the celtics and the sixers i think any of those four could really go um i think the no nah, damn I, I was about to cuz i'm compa- i'm about to compare them to the clippers but I think the Nets will probably be ready to go next year. Um, I do question whether or not they're going to have chemistry issues. Uh, they have a new coach. Are, wait, shit. Yeah, they do have a new coach. Yeah,
2: Steven. Are
1: they, yeah, are, if he's a first time coach. You know, are they going to be conti- conditioned to do a longer run like this? And you do have two guys that are very much injury prone. Kyrie is hurt all the damn time. So it's kind of hard for me to really put that faith in him to get through. I know what KD is. KD is arguably, if if LeBron's 1A, he's 1B. I don't know why people have just, you know, catapulted AD to that next wave of player. I mean, he's great. He is not on on a freaking well, Kevin Durant level, in, in my opinion. They don't, they don't
2: make players like Kevin Durant.
1: They, they sure don't. They don't grow on trees. The matchup that I would want to see would be, Denver.
2: No, you wouldn't.
1: I would no, love you them. don't. I like Denver. Denver is no, a Denver you team don't. I really like they're really fun to watch. No, I love Denver.
2: Nobody I wants to watch like the NBA TV. TV All-Stars. Nobody wants to watch
1: that team. If you if you know me on Twitter, if you know me on Facebook, you know I fell in love with Bobo. Bo. Like I was watching him all throughout high school. I knew that guy was gonna be special. Um the light-skinned brother that they have, that the name escapes me.
2: Jamal Murray? Uh,
1: No, not him. The one that was supposed to be a top pick but had the back injury. Oh, Kevin Porter? uh, Yeah. Yeah, Michael Porter. Michael Porter. Who's Kevin Porter? Yeah. Oh, you made that up. But it's okay. (laughs) It's something like that. Who knows? But I really liked him, too. I like Jamal Murray. I like Joe Kick, whatever. I really like those players. I would love to see them make a run. Do I think they have enough top end star power? No. But I'd love to see them and I'd love to see a team like the Heat or the Bucks there with them, battling to get a, a new new champion. Those would be things I would want to see. But that's just me though. You know, I want to see new talent. LeBron is 85 years old uh, and kind of transitioning over to LeBron. Now of course there's a lot of people out here, including myself, that do not want to see this Negro win five championships. I don't this-
2: understand why.
1: I was like, why?
2: Why? Why not?
1: I don't know, guy, man. Like it's just, you- it feels so cheap. Like it feels like I spent forty dollars at a Red Roof Inn. Cheap. I just it's Ooh. not. Ew,
2: you <laughs> pay too much. Man. I haven't
1: done that since 2012, but. Enough about me. are you at PCB? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But I just—it's just something about it that I just don't like. Like I, I can't get it. If he would have did it with Miami, maybe. Definitely the original Cleveland run, yes. But the bouncing from team to team and getting other superstars—I mean, I'm always respect him. He is a—he's a hell of a man outside of the NBA. He's a hell of an NBA talent, probably the best overall talent uh, outside of Wilk, who I never seen play. Of all time, but you know, I just I would like to see him not win it in this fashion. But I'll start out with you, Mrs. One Punch Lad. Are you excited to see LeBron win number five?
0: I don't know if I'd say I'm excited because I'm not like you know a super fan of LeBron. I don't, but I'm not going to be like, oh no, LeBron got a fifth ring. What am I like? It'd hey, be cool. Like if you got a fifth ring, that's dope for him. Congratulations, you paid your 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 due in the league. And you've done your You've done what you needed to do to get to five rings. Congratulations. But, again, I'm not ever going to be like – first of all, I am never going to be excited for a Laker championship. Um, like, that's never going to bring me joy. But And then I'm also not going to be super excited ever for a LeBron championship. But I'm also not going to, you know, be upset. I, you know, he deserves it. He's a great player. The greatest I've ever seen. So
2: I I just don't – I'm not a big fan of the whole, like – It's his championships are cheapened because he plays for the Lakers and he got better players around him like I was talking to somebody on Twitter about it talking about the idea of like loyalty to your team and what it gets you and all these things it's just like people wanted LeBron to stay in Cleveland and it's like for what like why are you mad that he left the Cleveland Cavaliers did you see what they did before he got there they were terrible. They were one of the worst ran franchises ever, and he got there and he drugged their asses to relevancy. He took them to an NBA Finals with nobody next to him. And when he left as a free agent, and people got so upset, and you know he'll never win a ring, what did Cleveland do? They proceeded to get lottery picks in the top three year after year after year after year, and what did they do? in those four years LeBron was there. They proceeded to win less than 35 games every year. And by the grace of God, to this day, I would honestly, I would love for LeBron to honestly answer the question as to why he went back to Cleveland. There was, it It, it has to be just marketing because the owner is trash. The fans are trash. The team name is trash. That roster was trash. That city is trash. Oh, how's team no- name trash, brother? Come Damn. on, man. what the What's team this?
1: name? The cavaliers, the, the, cavaliers?
2: Bar, the cavaliers. What is this? The three musketeers or something? <laughs> like, get <laughs> out of here with that. that's a stupid name compared okay, to like the Heat for a or team the Lakers? The Colts. Yeah, the horseshoe. Horse. The horseshoe. It makes sense. This is not a cavalier. I have like a feathered cap with a thin mustache. Like, get out of here They're with that for honor, I guess. Okay, well, they've done that. They've done poorly doing that. Okay, what's the
1: Celtic? I mean, come on. It's just a lot of... I'm pretty sure... Wait a minute. Whatever the Celtic's name
2: means, I'm sure there's some racism behind it.
0: No, it's tied to the Irish heritage in Boston.
2: Oh, so the racism.
0: A little bit, but potatoes Yeah, Yeah, Uh, yeah,
1: the Boston nigger
0: haters.
2: Okay. (laughs) I, I, I just think the only reason LeBron went back to Cleveland is is the marketing is the story like it's it'll be a better story if he wins a ring for a trash ass fan base that hated him when he left as a free agent like they literally they did nothing to deserve LeBron which is I mean it's a different conversation for another time but LeBron shouldn't have been drafted by the Cavs there should be a system to where a team ran that poorly can't get one of the greatest players ever just because you suck they that mean.
1: shouldn't be Howard. A small
0: market. Team Cleveland loyalty is not a small market. Team loyalty huh? is for me and you and and all the other people on Twitter. Like we're the ones that are supposed to be quote unquote loyal to a team. We're supposed to pick a team when we're you know first introduced to basketball and you'd be like I'm I'm a Detroit Pistons fan for life, whether I'm from Detroit or I just that's the first team I saw saw on TV. It's for us. Team loyalty is not for the players.
1: Overrated. The players are
0: employees. They're employees of the National Basketball Association, meaning that once they feel unsatisfied with their current place of employment, they can leave when given the opportunity. Staying with the team just because it looks cool, little white kids on Twitter, gets you nothing like nothing at all. Like,
2: there, there's, there's nothing about what the Cavs have done with LeBron and without LeBron that would that warrants them to keep him. As a fan of the Cavaliers, you cannot look at what they've done and said, you know what. LeBron should have been loyal to us. He should have put his legacy on the line for our trash-ass team because we've done nothing. They did absolutely nothing to deserve LeBron James, nothing. They were a trash team. They've been trash. They're still trash. In my personal opinion, I wish LeBron would have stayed in Miami a little bit longer and then gone to the Lakers because I'm guessing he didn't go to the Lakers immediately because Kobe was still there. And I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying there's any beef or anything like that, but LeBron wants to be the guy. And you can't do that when Colby's over there. So I wish he would have just stayed in Miami for another six or seven years. I think he possibly wins one more title if he stays there. But I mean, as far as legacy goes, you become, you know, bigger than whatever because of, you know, doing it for such a trash city that's full of losers that have never won anything. So okay. that ring in Cleveland means a lot man. more to them and I to have his family legacy.
1: in Cleveland, sir. Let's chill out on the
0: Cleveland bashing. Speaking of legacy real quick, and I just, I don't know, I feel compelled to talk about this. I think we have to talk about the legacy of Russell Westbrook and why, for some reason, people think that Russell Westbrook's dealing to the Washington Wizards makes them some team that is going to be good. Like, let's forget playoff contingent. Like, People seem to think the Wizards are going to be any different than they were with John Wall. And I just, I cannot seem to understand it. I wish somebody would explain it to me. because I, I think don't.
1: be exactly the same. They'll be a low seated playoff team.
0: Exactly. I don't, and I love Russell Westbrook, the father. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, to be honest. I'll take, you know, I, I think they'll be at, like, nine. <laughs> but, it's going to be
2: tough for them to get in the playoffs. It's going to be tough. Yeah,
0: they'll be somewhere between, like, seven and ten. Um. But I love Russell Westbrook as the off-court personality. Russell Westbrook, the father, is amazing. Russell Westbrook, the player, is a liability, and he has helped no one so far. And I, yeah. I mean, I'm willing to debate it. But.
2: I mean, he's he's not getting any better. He's past his prime. He's on the downward trajectory of his career. He's not a good three-point shooter, but he loves to shoot three-pointers, so that doesn't help. He's, I mean, he's he's an aggressive player. He's a great leader. But if Russell Westbrook is your best player, you're not winning your division. You're going to be between a 5 and an 8 seed. And, I mean, looking at the Eastern Conference right now, I can probably name at least six locks to make the playoffs. The Heat, the Heat are a lock. The Sixers are a lock. The Celtics are a lock. The Bucks are a lock. The Nets are a lock. I would almost even say the Pacers are a lock. So that's six teams right there. Do you think – would you put the Washington Wizards over a team like Atlanta? Like Atlanta's kind of –
1: Raptors, I'm so sorry. Somebody – was that going a yeah. fucking Rough Riders video outside? I apologize.
2: Yeah, so, I, named, I named the Raptors. And then even even the Magic, the Magic are always that seven or eight seed. So I'm not saying the Magic I, are good or contenders, but they're always got,
0: there. I would put the Pistons in a spot, in a, like a, a strong cool. maybe spot.
1: But, just, yeah.
0: And that's over the and this is why I say that because what you get with Russell Westbrook is an angry two guard that plays the one, who, like you said, loves to shoot threes and is not very efficient at it. And not only is he not efficient at it, he will not stop. It doesn't matter what you say, he will not stop. So you have a guy that puts you in position to lose. He will shoot you in a game, but he will just as quickly shoot you out of a game. He will overdo you out of a game. And it's not like he has any like the this is the Washington Wizards lock roster. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and then I'm about to name 16 other guys you have no clue who they are, including Denny, I can't even say his last name, Davis Burton, is Isaac Bonga, Troy Brown Jr., Robert Lopez is here from somewhere, uh, some guy named uh, Wagner, Mortis, Moritz Wagner, Moritz Wagner. Like These are a bunch of guys that you don't know who they are. So essentially you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And where do you go with Russell Westbrook and Bradley
1: Beal? Home at the end of the regular season. Look, I'm willing to do this right here, right now. Go ahead and book it. I bet you they'll make the playoffs and they'll at least be a six seed. And you Ooh. can bet whatever you want. You I are giving personally. Ooh. The Washington as a six Washington King. Wizards will make the playoffs and they will be at least a six seed. I, I bet you that. Okay, so this I is what that you're that
0: gonna. And I tell you that the Washington Wizards, if they make the playoffs, will be dead last.
2: Okay, so I'm going to name six teams that you think the Washington Wizards are going to be better than: the Heat, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, and Toronto. How many games did Washington win last year? Like, 30. if I was to put, if I was to put my money on any team from like the Eastern Conference, I'd probably put my money on either the Hornets or the Hawks to be. If we're, if we're
1: picking, terrible, so. if we're
2: picking, if we're picking a team that didn't make the playoffs to make the playoffs, I'm not betting on the Washington Wizards. Like honestly, I don't feel like the Wizards got better by trading John Wall. Like I would have, I I personally would have ran it back one more year because John Wall hasn't played for two years. Yeah, they haven't played for two years, but John Wall and Bradley Beal still have more chemistry than Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And if John Wall is who
0: they won 25 games last year, by the way, just to throw that at me. Yeah,
1: they were short in NBA season. Like I said, let's do this. We'll go playoffs. I'm going to guarantee they make it. Whichever you whichever you two want to take the bait, I'll buy you a, a jersey of your liking.
2: Oh, hell yeah. I'll take that
1: bet. And if I win, you have to buy me a jersey of my liking.
2: Easy. Easy. If they
1: make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, barring any type of significant injury.
2: Ah, uh, yes, the injury. Yes.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you, you <laughs> yes. just don't know. So. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll both of y'all take it. I will take that bet.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm going to load up on, on Curry jerseys, but thank you.
2: Come about your way. I, yeah.
1: I, I apologize. I definitely agree with you. I mean, to me, the thing that would scare me about Wall is Wall was all gas, no brakes. And he did tear that Achilles. And you do wonder, okay, just how fast he will be. Uh, I do think Wall is a slightly better passer. He is a slightly better shooter. I think Russ is the better athlete, in my opinion. Uh, and it, like I said, I would look at it as, okay, well, in their best years with Wall, what were they? I uh, Probably minus a few games. The East still is really unpredictable. I mean, I think that we're – not we as in this podcast, but people in general – are already a clown, not clown, crown the Nets as the champions. We haven't seen them really play together other than a preseason game. And then once again, you got a guy coming off an Achilles injury. Typically, people tend to favor one leg over the other, and they'll tend to injure something else. Not hoping that he does, so I hope they do well. I hope they go to the championship and face the Clippers. But I'm just saying injuries do happen. So what we will do, um, since you kind of hopped on somebody that's overhyped, Luca. Top five Luka. NBA player. Yeah. Great white hype. What what are all thoughts on, on Luca? There, like
2: there's her? a lot. There's a lot going on with Luca that I've been seeing a lot lately. Like I watched a uh interview that LeBron James did, and he said he wanted to sign, he wanted Luca to be his first signee to team LeBron for his shoe company, or uh, under Nike. And uh I saw something else, uh, like I think TNT or ESPN did a poll about, you know, who's, you know, the, the the top MVP candidate. He was in top five. ESPN did their top NBA players. I think Luka was number four.
1: He was number and one I, on the under 25 as well.
2: Yeah, so I –
1: and this is not me
2: trying to like – I'm not hating on Luka because I like his game. I like the way he plays. I like watching him. But – just it feels like it's just happening really fast for everybody's like, you know, he's a top five player, he's a top three player. And I'm just like, is he already? Like he's 20 years old, I think. Twenty and, and he, he does have an advantage because he did play overseas professionally as a at at a young age. So moments that happened in the uh playoffs against the Clippers, that's not something new to him. Like he's done that overseas. So him doing that in the playoffs is not a big deal for him. But I just think his ascension into uh, being a top-five player seems – I don't want to say it's premature because he is great, but you're saying he's better than, like, Steph Curry? He's better than James Harden? He's better I, than Kawhi Leonard? He's better than uh, Anthony Davis?
0: About Anthony Davis, since you bring him up, and how people were saying that people were flip-flopping him and and Kevin Durant, um sports sports talking heads and pundits in general and just fans fall into recency bias. And so we've most recently seen Luca be pretty good, but we haven't seen guys, we haven't seen Steph Curry in you know, almost a year. We haven't uh-huh. seen KD in a minute. Like we have we haven't seen a whole bunch of guys that could easily had you seen them recently, you'd be like, ah no, no, Lucas, Lucas not bad. Lucas just not top 5 right now. And so I I think that's a that's a a prisoner of the moment recency bias take where it's just like oh yeah Lucas the next big thing it's like okay hold on wait a minute we still got a couple guys that still play in this league that are still really good and are still head and shoulders ahead of Luka. I I just want people to name five players four players that you think that Luka or who who do you think Luka is better than? Like name the four guys on top of Luca, and then take a look at who you leave behind, and really evaluate: are those guys not better than Luca? And I think you'll find that most people have kind of gone a little overboard with the crowning.
2: But and you have to expect him to take like a huge leap in his third year. Like even last year, he he played great. Like yeah, I think he averaged like 28. 28- nine and six or something crazy like that so he's got the skill level he's got the talent i just feel like he has to do a little bit more and i I agree with rev which what she said about as far as like there was a lot of players that we didn't see play last year like i don't think you know kyrie irving is a top 10 player but he didn't play last year kevin durant is a top three player he didn't play last year steph curry top five player we didn't see him like people like steph curry misses Two seasons, one and a half seasons, and all of a sudden people are questioning if he's the best point guard in the NBA. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, Dame is the best point guard, or Kyrie's the best point guard. And it's like, no, Steph Curry is probably the best point guard of all time. Like he's in at least top three. So the idea that some someone else would be better than him because he missed a year is kind of the annoying thing about NBA Twitter and how fast things move. Because it's like you forget how. Elite Steph Curry was like Steph Curry was elite before Kevin Durant got there. He was elite before Klay Thompson became Klay Thompson. Like Klay Thompson was good, but he wasn't Steph Curry.
1: He's a you good need complimentary Green, piece.
0: He Draymond Green. The,
1: oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was just yeah. saying, but he wasn't elite without Draymond Green. Draymond Green pushed him forward. Don't forget that.
1: So Three, Steph just recently did a top 10 NBA player NBA players in the league. They put uh, Luka at nine. In front of him was uh, Djokic, um Davis, Durant, Curry, Harden, uh, Leonard, Durant. I mean, I'm sorry, not Durant, uh, Giannis, and then LeBron. Now, the other list that i seen that was like right after the NBA season, they had a few of those players behind Luca and Luca was like number four. So, you know, maybe they're starting to calm it down a little bit, but I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like the dude has game, but so did Anthony Davis in new Orleans and they weren't doing anything. And I can't sit here and say to you guys that Davis is any better of a player than he was in new Orleans. The only thing is, of course, they're winning now. He's on. He's with LeBron. He's with the Lakers. They're winning now, and so that changes the perspective on things. And I hate to say it, but I, I gotta see Luca win a little bit more. I gotta see his game develop a little bit more. I mean, I, I like what I see. I think he's really good, but I'm not ready to crown him this early. Like it's people that are already ready to put this dude in the Hall of Fame that are ready. Like it, the list that I initially seen had him quite a few like slots above Harden and which I know we're going to get into Harden here soon. Actually I might flip flop and do Harden next, but it's like Harden is so disrespected as a player. This dude is probably one of the greatest offensive players that we've ever seen and has ever graced the NBA floor. And he's been it from day one with Oklahoma city off the bench. Dude has everything mastered on offense and it's like for some reason nba twitter they do not respect the dude you know i mean i know he shows up from the strip clubs eating wings and stuff like that he he looks fat you know um south breeze always talks about you know about how he's a spokesperson for taco bell because he doesn't look like he ever exercises but the dude has so much game the average 37 points a game in a season every game went on stretches where 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, like he's Kobe. But yet and still you'll have people that are like, oh, well, Luca's better than he is, because Luca gave us one year. So I don't like the recency bias, but like I said, just flip-flopping the subjects. Um, what do you guys think is gonna happen with this James Harden uh situation? Do you think he stays in Houston? Do you think he leaves? Um he turned down the supermax. It was gonna be, was it 220 million or was it 205? I'm not sure. Uh, but he definitely turned, turned down the richest contract in NBA history. I want to say it was 228 over five years. Uh, definitely making a statement that he doesn't want to be there anymore. So what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, Rev, we'll start with you. What do you think is going to happen with James Harden? Uh, I think James Harden stays with the
0: Rockets until at least February. Um, honestly, I, and I don't even know if the trade deadline thing still apply to this, so maybe that does count. I don't think it will, actually. Um, yeah, so just tra- like
1: trade 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 deadline. We know.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, yeah, I think he stays. Honestly, I think he stays with Houston for the remainder of the season. I just don't see a deal being as attractive as Houston needs it to be to let go of James Harden. Um, like you said, James Harden is, I mean, he's not one of my personal favorites, um, but I cannot deny that James Harden is a great offensive player. Um, and somebody like James Harden requires a lot in return. You're not finna give you're not about to give away James Harden for you know barbecue chips and and you know <laughs> some random dude that's like the 14th man on the roster. Like you just you're not going to. And so it'll be difficult to find um a package that is worth letting go of James Harden before you know you, you absolutely have to. I've saw I've seen some things with Philadelphia where like Ben Simmons was involved. If I'm Houston, I'm not sure if I want Ben Simmons. Um, not for James Harden. If it's got to be Ben Simmons and some other great thing or something else. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't think that they, uh, Houston finds the perfect package, uh, to get rid of James Harden this season. I think they start to look more, you know, in the offseason and, and try to put together something that really works for, for multiple teams.
2: Yeah. I, I think James Harden, if they, if Philly cha- trades for James Harden and it's, uh, Ben Simmons and John Wall in Houston—that sounds like a disaster of right. a back court. Like you have two players that are liabilities from outside of like fifteen feet. Like those dudes cannot shoot, and one of those dudes won't shoot. So that's a trade. If I'm in Houston, I'm not doing either way. Uh, the one trade that I did see that I would have done immediately, but obviously, if you if you're looking at it on paper. You do the trade, but if you're someone who's like, all right, well, these people have to get along chemistry, you know, being in the locker room, stuff like that, you don't do it. But uh, trading uh, Kyrie Irving for James Harden straight up is a great trade for Brooklyn. Like I would do that trade if I'm Brooklyn in like Matt or NBA 2K, I would do that. But in real life, you can't do that because the reason Kevin Durant is in Brooklyn is because Kyrie Irving and then decided to come there together so you ship out Kyrie Irving before they even get a chance to play together. Granted, he played well with James Harden and went to the finals, all that stuff. But, you know, Kevin Durant is a sensitive – he's the, he's an outwardly sensitive player. So that would cause a, a rift. Based on James Harden's contract, he's got three years left on his deal. He's going to stay in Houston until Houston gets an offer that just completely blows him away or James Harden becomes – such a malcontent that they cannot have him in that building, into and, and when that happens, his trade value goes down, and people are not going to want that. So, Houston right now has the leverage in this situation, so he'll be there for at least a year. When it gets down to the, you know he's only got two years left, that's when they really need to start ramping it up and looking for you know potential trade partners. But uh, I don't know if anybody read this, but I read this article on ESPN about. Um, what's been going on with James Harden in Houston and apparently and this isn't anything out of the ordinary and it's not anything special because they do this for a lot of NBA players but they pretty much turn the franchise over to James Harden like if they have uh two days in Los Angeles he's gonna go you know take a flight to Vegas or you know if they have a layover somewhere else, he's going to request to stay an extra night in Atlanta to do, you know, God knows what in, you know, Magic City or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can show up for practice whenever he wants. He doesn't have to practice. He can. Uh, he has, you know, full reign over the, the player personnel, things of that nature. And this, this isn't anything crazy when I read it because I'm like, I'm pretty sure LeBron has the same thing. I'm pretty sure like Dwayne Wade had that same thing. Colby had that same thing. Tim Duncan's even got things like that. But the difference is, is when you give a player that type of power and control, they've it's got you've got to win, you got to yeah. win, and you and you have to do it. You have to show up on the court, like James Harden. He shows up in the games, but you also need to be like doing. You need to be showing up at practice and being a leader and all that. Like he's doing the Michael Jordan thing, but as we saw in that thirty for thirty on Michael Jordan and the Bulls, like. Michael Jordan might be out till three in the morning, but when it's time to practice, he is locked in. He's ready to go. Same with like a Dennis Rodman. Same with like a LeBron James. LeBron James will be filming, filming Space Jam two, doing whatever it is that LeBron James has to do, and then practice comes, he's ready to go. He's ready to lead. He's ready to be that guy. And James Harden, he's not. He he's not being the guy. He's not being the leader. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault him for for being this way like if I'm in my you know mid to late 20s I'm a professional athlete I'm a millionaire and you're telling me all these people are going to do whatever I say like if imagine that's your job wherever you work at they tell you hey come in when you want to if you don't want to if you don't want to work with this person we'll ship them out for you you know you want to show you you don't want to show up to you know on the job training you don't worry about it most people are going to do that most people are would do the things that james harden was doing if they were in that position like it's for people to kind of judge him for that is kind of silly to me because that's what a lot of people would do that like oh i don't have to show up for work on time i can come in whenever i want to you know if we go on a work trip i can kind of i can stay in a hotel or take a private jet to another city and just go to strip clubs and stuff like
0: you wouldn't do that I feel like that was a lot of Chris Paul's problems with James Harden while he was in Houston. Oh, yeah. Was James Harden, you know, had the talent. And, uh, but he kind of chose to kind of, you know, jump in and out of that leadership role um, of like, you know, like you said, balancing that I can do what I want, but also like, let me be locked in. Um, so I don't know. I think the problems in Houston with James Harden are just as much James Harden as it is Houston. Um and they're just in a really bad situation ship right now that unfortunately yeah. <laughs> the money money obligates them to have to deal with each other at least for the, the next I don't know couple months. But uh, it, isn't it, it, it has contract to start from
1: 2022. I missed part of the first part of what you said. I said isn't his contract up in 2022, Harden? I believe so. It'd have to be soon for them to offer him an extension.
0: Yeah, I think it is. It's yeah, at the 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 end of next season.
2: But, I mean, it has to start from the top, from ownership to the front office president to the GM to the coach. Like you have like those things are important. Like obviously the players are important in the NBA because you can only play five of them. And if you have a top five player or if you're like the Lakers and you have two top five players, you're in a great position. But if you're one of those teams that doesn't have the greatest roster or great players, you have to your front office has to be on the same page. Like LeBron came to Miami and LeBron wanted to be able to do the things that he was able to do in Cleveland, in Miami. Like when LeBron goes, you know, when they fly out and play on the West Coast, LeBron wants to spend an extra night there to hang out with like Chris Paul, who was with the Clippers at at a time. But because the structure in Miami is we have the owner, you have Pat Riley and you have Eric Spolstra, who are all on the same page, and if Eric is like, hey, you are not staying an extra night in L.A., we are flying back together as a team back to Miami tonight, he has the backing of Pat Riley. He has the backing of the ownership. They are one united front, so LeBron can't throw his weight around. He can't go above Eric Spolstra because Pat Riley's going to tell him the same thing. He can't go above Pat Riley. Because Mickey Harrison's going to tell him the same thing: get your butt um, on the plane. We're going to Miami.
1: James so you Harden, don't think that James Harden is leaving at all this year? No,
2: he did. There's no reason for him. The Rockets have no reason to trade him right now.
0: Right? Yeah. Like they, there's nothing in it for them, and they don't. I mean, what do they lose if they don't? Like he still got to show up and play basketball. He's got to show up and do his job. So I mean, and I think,
2: and I think he will do that. Yeah. Come game, come game one of the NBA season. James Harden is gonna do what James Harden does. He's gonna put up 30 points, eight assists, eight rebounds. He'll maybe he'll play defense, maybe he won't, whatever. But he's going to show up and he's going to play his game. He's going to play hard. It's just all the other stuff. He doesn't want to be there.
0: All right. That's clear. I mean, he doesn't want to be ob- there. Yeah, it's obvious. I mean, and I, I don't I wouldn't say that James Harden's doing anything different than you know any other, you know. 31-year-old with millions of dollars at his disposal. He's
2: Um, just doing
0: it early. Yeah, he's just – and people can see it. Like, it's everybody's business because he's James Harden. So, I don't – I mean, to to answer your question, no, I don't think James Harden leaves this season. I don't even think he leaves the first half of next season. Um, I think, you know, they unless Houston gets an offer offer that they cannot refuse. Which I don't see. And and it's just, you know – we got We we can do this. This is exactly what we want. They are in a very long-term relationship that neither one of they're either gonna have to get along to get along, or they're just gonna be in this tumultuous back and forth until they can they can eventually break this hold they have on each other. Um, so I, I think we see a lot more uh, headlines about James Hard- James Harden's issues in Houston, but I don't think we see James Harden get out of Houston anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of uh, tie this one up, I do agree with you. I don't think that there is a team that's in a win-now mode that can package together enough to get them, that'll satisfy mm-hmm. you. I read some of the deals that um, they were saying potentially for Miami or even Milwaukee at one point, and it was like, eh, you know, you're you're getting a superstar and you're offering good bench players, solid role players, They're not going to do that this year. They might do that next year at the trade deadline when he's just like, look, I'm leaving no matter what. So that's what I kind of believe too. Now, speaking of Milwaukee, of course, there's a polarizing player. I'm going to tie these two subjects together. So there's a polarizing player that did sign a contract for 228.5, surprisingly enough, to stay in Milwaukee. Giannis. So definitely big ups to him, you know, I mean, what was the number 14 overall pick? Barely even made the lottery. Uh, Skinny kid out of Greece, bulked up, tightened up his game as much as he can. He's a super dynamic player. Got the bag big time. So two part question. One, can you win in today's NBA with a game like Giannis, like Simmons, no jumper and also I mean, is is Giannis well? He's worth the bag, but if you were in that situation, would you accept that? And now your team is pretty much maxed out to whatever it's going to be. So, two part question. I'll start with you, Marcus.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have, I will never fault the player for for taking the taking the money. I'm never, you know, if you can get a max contract, get that max contract. I will never. Uh, shit on you for doing that. I, I think uh, Giannis is going to sacrifice winning at the expense of getting that money. But hey, man, he's got. He, I think he's got a kid. He's got a family to take care of. So more power to you. I think he. I'm not going to say he made the best or right decision, but d- to go to the question as far as can you win with a player that doesn't have a jump shot. With a player like Giannis, I think you can. And you have to have a great front office that can build around that. You know, defensively, Giannis is fine rebounding. He's a fine enough passer for his size. But you have to have, you know, shooters around him, people that can handle the ball. Like, I, I think there was a point where people thought that Chris Paul could have been traded to the Bucks. I think that would have been a, a great move for Giannis for Like, Chris Paul can get you in a position to where it's like, all right, you're good right here. We are going to get you to this spot to get you your shot. And if we can't get you your shot, I can get a shot. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm one of the greatest mid-range shooters of all time. So, you know, pick and rolls with Chris Paul and Giannis would seem unstoppable to me. Uh, I think... Ben Simmons is kind of, I don't really put him in that category as like a player that doesn't have a jumper. He's more in the category of like, he just will not shoot. He's not going to shoot the ball. He's going to pass the ball. So I think Giannis is a bit more aggressive. Giannis will shoot threes just to keep the defenses honest out there. But a, a player like Giannis, yeah, you can build around that because he's so good at, he's great at everything else. He's great on defense. He's great at rebounding. He's great at um the fast break uh pick and rolls passing the ball moving the ball you know it, it's it's almost like saying like oh you, oh you can't win with Shaq in today's NBA and you could win with Shaq in today's NBA so and Giannis is putting up Shaq like numbers so I think so
0: yeah I have to agree one to get to the first one yeah I mean Giannis did what he felt was in his best interest uh, I think Giannis may find himself in a James Harden esque situation to where in two, three years he realizes, "Oh my God, I'm stuck here, um, sure. and we're not better." And we're, we're, the older I get, the further away I get from that goal of holding a trophy at the end of the season, and we're not getting better. Um, but I mean, for now, I'm sure it seems like an amazing idea to stay in Milwaukee and try to build. It's just, is the front office, um, going to be committed to making sure that Giannis can win? In five seasons, I don't see it now, but I mean, five seasons, we could be talking about NBA champion Giannis. Um, so, you know, right now it seems cool, but we'll see what it looks like in, in, you know, two seasons even, um, can you win with a player like Giannis who doesn't have a great mid-range game? Yes, you can. Um, I think, like Marcus said, you just you we have to know what you're doing around him. Um, you can't. You got to have somebody that's moving the ball efficiently. You got to have some other shooters around him that can pick up that slack offensively. Um, it's not even really slack because I mean, what Giannis lacks in a jumper, he will make up around the paint. Um, he's gonna get buckets either way. He's gonna he's gonna average you know 20, 25. Um, he's gonna pick up 15 rebounds. Um, he'll do the work defensively. So if he's doing all those other things, then a jump shot is something that I'm least worried about. You can develop a jump shot. You could end up with a guy like Blake Griffin, who was, you know, a juggernaut at the rim and, and did everything else. And then eventually, he kind of moved into having some sort of a mid-range game. Um, I don't, and I honestly, don't even think that's something that Giannis even cares about having a mid-range game. Um, it'd be nice yeah. for a guy his his size to um, have a mid-range game. And I don't think that he's in c- capable of learning that. But to get to the original question, yes, you absolutely can win with a guy who is 6'11", um, you know, seven feet and is, you know, doing all of the other things and just doesn't have a mid-range game right now. That's something you can work on. Um, you can do all the other things around him. So. And, and everybody's no,
2: and not going to be
0: call. Kevin Durant. Right. The, Kevin Durant is a unicorn. Not everybody is a cool seven-one with the wingspan of a <laughs> of a jumbo jet who, who can do what he has to do at the rim, but also can stretch the floor and shoot from the logo. Like, everybody not going to be KD. And I don't know. I, I hate – I don't hate it. But, I mean, I feel bad for the big men who feel like they have to be able to shoot the three and, you know, score around the rim and grab double-digit rebounds and do the work defensively. like it's I, a lot to do. He has, has all of that, so <laughs> –
2: it's a lot to ask for one guy, and we we also can't we can't uh, assume that Giannis is done uh, being or getting better as a player. Like there's a there's a chance that he is not in his prime yet. Like he is entering his prime right now. He's even only twenty six. Yeah, he's twenty six. He's he's a two time MVP and. He might just be entering his prime. He could get better. And it's, I mean, it's its a lot to ask for a player to get better who, who put up 29 points, 13 rebounds, and six assists a game. Like, that's a lot to be like, well, I, he could get better, but he could get better. He's only 25. He could still get better.
0: I mean, and if Giannis does all of those things, right, say Giannis is just this... This machine of a man, and it's you know, he can stretch the floor, and he's also really great around the rim, and he plays great defense, and this, this, and that. What I mean, then, then what do you have to build on? Like, what do you have to do around the team? Um, so I don't know, I just feel like Giannis has presently constructed gives you a great opportunity to find some pieces, um, some good young pieces, like a Chris Middleton, um, that can help you on the court. I don't know, I. I'd, I personally do not think that Giannis needs a mid-range game. It'd be amazing if he had one. It'd just be a cherry on top of a already great Sunday. But it also gives you the opportunity to kind of build around it.
1: And the thing that I was saying is, now, if you guys can recall, I know 2020 has been a long-ass year. But at the beginning of the last NBA season, uh, when he had came out, he was hitting jumpers. He was hitting threes here and there. So, he showed the fact that he had been training that game, and it was just like once the NBA season kind of took a break and then it came back, he went back to his tried-and-true way. So I do think he has been working on adding that to the game. And it's not a situation where you have to be able to knock it down consistently. It's just they have to be afraid that you can knock it down. So the defense plays on So I've seen him make improvements to his game. And I think he can. I think with the way the NBA is now with spacing, you do need to have the ability to hit the shot. I mean, what he has is better than a Simmons because Simmons will not attempt the shit, period. So, I mean, you know, but yeah, if it was me, I mean, the one move that I wanted for his team to make, I mean, they went after Drew Holiday, who I think is a very solid player, might be a little overpaid, and he's very injury-prone. I actually wanted them to go after Chris Paul and I understand he went to Phoenix and it happens, but I felt like that that may have been that piece that he needed to make them a serious threat in the East, but you know, we'll see with Giannis and you're right. He still has an opportunity, an opportunity and a chance to grow. So yeah, we'll be moving on from that subject to the next. So I guess this is the last thing, honestly, uh, Steph Curry. Is he an underdog now? Like, is he is, is a two time MVP, former unanimous MVP, an underdog going forward? Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Rev? It depends on
0: who you ask. I think um, I don't know. I just feel like can can Steph Curry really be like? Can people be so far removed from twenty what seventeen? 2017 to think that Steph Curry is an under Like, I don't know, that's, that's a really trippy question because I think to some you can absolutely consider him an uh, underdog uh, because we haven't seen him in so long. So there's, for some reason, some uh, like mystery around what Steph Curry will get, but I don't know that Steph Curry has ever been anything but great. Like, I mean, there have been times where you may not have seen it because the team around him never really allowed him to get that stage for us to see it. But I personally wouldn't consider Steph an underdog. I think you know what you're getting with Steph. And I, I think you you got to be aware of what you get with Steph. And you got to play him like he's the Steph Curry of old, um, even though you haven't seen him in a couple seasons. But, I mean, it depends on who you ask, to be honest. But for me, no. Steph Curry is not an underdog. Steph Curry is exactly who we think he is, and he's he will continue to be good. So...
1: Uh,
2: I guess it really depends like it's I guess it's a little bit of a maybe because he was underdog when he came out of Davidson small school undersized player you know light skinned. so those are all like things that kind of like hold you back a little bit when it comes to being a professional athlete but he was able to overcome those things and become like a two-time MVP three-time champion you know all-time great So at that point, people don't view him as an underdog in the sense that we think of it. But now he hasn't really played that often. Now a lot of people are saying that other players are better than him at his position. Players that are less accomplished than him, they're starting to say are better than him at his position. Um, He's lost a lot of great uh, teammates. A lot of that supports him. He doesn't have Clay Thompson this year. Kevin Durant is not there anymore now it's solely on him to be the guy that we saw him be at a point the guy that led the team the 73 wins the guy that won uh, the first ever unanimous mvp so it's it's gonna take a lot you know because at the end of the day he had good to great players around him before while he was great now Right now, he doesn't have, there isn't another great player playing next to him in Golden State. So this is going to be, like, he's going to have to be what LeBron James was in Cleveland for the Warriors to make the, the, the first step, the first run in Cleveland. He's going to have to play that level of great for the Warriors to get to the playoffs because while the Warriors have been down, the West has gotten better. Like right? LeBron showed up. The Clippers have gotten better. I don't I whatever. Clippers are the Clippers. The Nuggets,
1: Portland. Yeah.
2: The Nuggets, Utah. Portland, Utah. You got Luca with Dallas. The Spurs are still there. The Pelicans can make a leap. So there's a lot of people, there's a lot of teams that people are talking about. And it's easy to just be like, oh, the Warriors, Clay's hurt, Katie's gone. Man, they they're not going to make the playoffs. But I think I think the Warriors should make the playoffs this year. And I think they will. I think Steph Curry is going to be in the conversation for MVP. I don't think he's going to win it because I don't think they're going to be a top-four seed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I do think he's an underdog while being the cockiest player in NBA history.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't tell Steph he's not the greatest. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's cool to have that type of confidence because it, it keeps you motivated. But, yeah, you you can't tell – I think if you were to ask Stephen Curry if he was an, an underdog, he would absolutely be like, "No, <laughs> like I am who I am." So, I, not in, at least not in the traditional sense of somebody that's, you know, you know, being largely overlooked. I think people still see Steph. Um, it just depends on who you ask.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to also look at their division. They play in the same division as the Lakers and the Clippers, and coming into especially last season people were already penciling in Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals. So you still have those two teams, and now you have Chris Paul on the Suns. Uh, The Kings are probably not going to be in that conversation, but that's a tough division to even play in. It's just – yeah, real quick on the Clippers, it's time to stop treating them like they are something that they aren't. Like At some point, they're going to have to earn – whatever it is that people think they are, like they're getting all these primetime games against the Lakers or like uh, propped up with being one of the better teams. If we're going to keep it real and be honest, the Denver Nuggets are who people think the Clippers are. They just play in a very small
1: market on the West Coast. And you know what? I'm going to just say something real quick. To me, you remember, was it 2011 or 2012 when the Eagles got all these players – Michael Vick with the uh, they had uh, Namdi Awesome they had a hell of a team on paper, right oh, the, the dream team, and yeah. they fell so flat. That's what I feel like they're doing with the Clippers. But go ahead, I just wanted to say that.
2: Yeah, you put the Denver Nuggets in Los Angeles in Clipper uniforms, then you know, people don't talk about Kawhi and Paul George in Denver because they're, I mean, they're fine, but Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. He's kind of in that Russell Westbrook area where he is not getting any better. He's losing a step, and he tends to break down, even with all the load management and missing a lot of games for rest and uh, his knees or something going on there. So he doesn't even really play that much, and he still breaks down in the playoffs. Paul George, Paul George is what he is. We know what he is at this point. He's been to the playoffs, and it's – it doesn't make sense to me because as a Heat fan, I remember those battles that they had. Like there was one time yeah. where they went they went seven games, and Paul George was going head to head with LeBron James. And he leaves Indiana, gets to OKC, and just falls apart and just turns into but a the playoffs. Playoff. They're still yeah. in the playoffs, but in the playoffs, he's just terrible. And the same thing happened last year with the Clippers. It's just like was what happened in Indiana a fluke? Like, was that of of Paul George just playing out of his mind trying to get that money, or like, is this the real? Po- like, I have n- Paul George is not the guy that you want in the playoffs. Like, I guess
0: I what think I'm like, George has lost confidence after that injury. I think that's what happened.
2: I agree with you, um, but he's I fine he- in the regular season.
0: Yeah, and I think that. I mean. It switches gears in the playoffs though and there's different eyes and the pace is different and you need more out of your body and i just don't know that paul george ever got that step back after his his uh his leg injury injury um i don't know i just feel like he he's not as confident in, in himself as he once was i i don't know what he, what he has to do to get that confidence back um, maybe it's too late for that confidence. I hope not. Um, I hate it. it. really hurts my feelings to see Paul George get ragged on the way that he does, but he doesn't do much to not get those jokes. Um, you can't nickname yourself Playoff P and then be awful in the playoffs. Pandemic. So it's like, you gotta get. You either gotta get your step back or you gotta step back. Like that's that's your only your only options right now
2: i mean i hate to say it but i mean I, I i think the the clippers championship window is closed like i don't yeah they're not going to get they're not going to get a player better than Kawhi leonard and Kawhi leonard might not be a top 10 player anymore so if you don't have a top 10 player on your roster unless you have like everything else around him is great and your coaching is great you're not going to win a championship like the lakers you can make an argument that the lakers got better they They got better and the Clippers got worse. Yeah,
1: took players, uh, took a great player from the Clippers and added it to their roster. And like you said,
2: like Denver, they're younger, but they got that playoff experience. They know what it's like to be down 3-1 in the playoffs. They know what it's like to, you know, have that playoff pressure. They have that now. The Jazz are still out there. The Trailblazers are still out there. Like, I don't trust the Clippers at all. And they're
0: they're kind of like they're kind of like the Cleveland Browns or their the Atlanta main Falcons. Guys, their main two guys are getting older, while everybody else around them is getting younger and faster, or is already young, fast, and they're getting more experienced. So there's this is not a good combo for them. Like Kawhi Paul, they're getting young, they're getting older, they're getting slower, while plays like teams like Utah and Denver, they're getting young, they're still young, they're more experienced, they're seeing more. The Lakers what they lack in uh in in youth, they have an experience in leadership. So I mean it doesn't like you said, it doesn't look good for I don't know if their their championship window has slammed shut, but somebody has closed the screen and it's gonna be real hard to get through there. Um and I just feel like if they don't, if they can't make any improvements this year, then it's kind of start it's time to start looking past them.
2: And the thing like Kawhi Kawhi could have went to Lakers, he could have went there.
0: He let Jerry like, West talk him out of it.
2: Yeah, but and, and it's just like he, Kawhi, waited to the last minute so the Lakers couldn't sign free agents. They couldn't make other moves to make their team better because they were waiting, like, hey, maybe we can get Kawhi. We got to save this cap space and this money for the possibility that Kawhi will come. And he, he made, he shitted on them. Like he played them. And at the end of the day, he didn't even get to face them because they lost to the Nuggets after having a 3 1 lead. Like, th- he, he made a mistake. He should have either stayed in Toronto or or gone with the Lakers. Like, it's what you
0: let's say he never touches the championship court again. This, in his 30 for 30, he will have to sit and reminisce on the time where he could have signed with the Lakers and decided to sign with the Clippers instead and watched his career go down the drain from there.
2: He He decided that, Paul George was the guy he wants to run with. Paul George, that's the guy that I want to strap my legacy with. I want to pair up this guy. Not LeBron James, not Anthony Davis, not playing for the more prestigious organization in that city. Like They need to, first off, they need to move the Clippers out of Los Angeles because there's no reason for them to still be there. But like that Clippers uniform, it just... Sometimes the weight of a bad franchise can just weigh down good players. Like some players are never going to be great wearing a certain uniform. Like you put someone in a Cavaliers jersey, they're probably not going to be great. It's just it is what it is. You put someone in a New York Jets uniform, they're not going to be great. It's not them. It's the uniform. It's an organization. It happens. So, well, I don't want to go that far. But, <laughs> it's been 25 years, so
1: I agree.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying championship good, but at least competent. Like there's just certain teams that just aren't good, no matter who they bring in. Like they'll just never be good. And the Clippers might be that team, that franchise. Because
0: that's unfortunate. I mean, they had Lob City. Do yeah, that,
1: like
2: that. Doc, <laughs> Doc Rivers had to go, man. You had multiple chances. You had you, you had Lob City that didn't work and then you get Kawhi and Paul George, and you can't even get out the second round, like, yeah, you had to go. Then, had they, to.
0: then Doc goes to sit in Philadelphia, like, you know, just to go see Clippers Part 2, <laughs> the East Coast yeah.
2: Clippers. going to be the same thing. <laughs> same thing.
1: Well, do you guys got anything else that you would like to elaborate on or any shout-outs as we wrap I, this one up?
2: I just hope whenever this this comes out this comes out on tuesdays i hope at some point somehow some way that james harden is on the miami heat not for basketball reasons but i need to see what he does living in miami having access to those strip clubs every day i need to see it They're
0: not safe They're not i need safe. to see
2: it and if and if not i need this vaccine to get ramped up and i want it, i want a camera crew to follow James Harden, John Wall, and Boogie Cousins in sh- Houston strip clubs. I need to see that. I want to see it.
0: I forgot Boogie was in Houston. No, <laughs> put it on HBO.
2: I want a thirty for thirty on just their summer in Houston strip clubs. That's what that I want to see. I want to see what they were doing.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I, I I forgot DeMarcus Cousins was in Houston. Yeah, they're probably. It's strippers are, I they are giving pandemic relief. I will say that, like, they are making sure that those young ladies have all of their bills paid. And then, to, all so, them. if I'm a stripper anywhere else in the world, I'm trying to figure out how I can get to Houston as soon as possible
2: <laughs> immediately.
0: <laughs> all right, so. shout, out, uh, shout out to all the NBA players that'll get their superpowers in the morning. Um, we will. <laughs> we'll never feel like this again. So shout out to everybody who's getting their superpowers in the morning. <laughs>
2: I'm going to be the black Count homelander out here.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm already planning to, uh, I'm going to step out of my house with Beyonce playing at my back. Uh, <laughs> nobody's safe. It's That's it. I'm hoping I'm wake. I either want telekinesis. Um, I want to be... Like, I want super strength. I don't know. I need something that allows me to cause ultimate destruction
1: with the least amount of consequences.
2: It's going to be crazy.
1: It sure is. So, we already, um, I don't have any shout outs today. Um, I guess I'll shout out to uh, I Got a Grammy, South Breeze, 706, uh, El Choppa, you know, the usuals that always mess with us, um, KJ. Uh, gift queen, everybody. I want to give a special shout out to the New York Jets uh, for blessing the the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Thank you, God. It's been a rough, long-ass time. Um, And that's pretty much it. I want to thank you, uh, Rev, for always being readily available to come on with us to talk NBA. We definitely appreciate you and your expertise. Uh, Thank you always, Marcus, for, you know, the topics, the list, the preparation and the work that you put in. I just want to let you know, brother, it does not go unnoticed. Uh, Thank you all. Fuck everybody that hates us. I ain't going to say no names because prior to this, I was told to calm that shit down a little bit. So, you know, y'all in my review. Peace, love, soul, chicken grease. Everybody enjoy your Christmas. Everybody enjoy the NBA. out. Oh, shit. Colt
2: McCoy McCoy is still in the NFL. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, man, because he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He is trash.